Good morning. I am delighted to be in your presence on today. Uh, in fact, I am overwhelmed in this season uh, to my good friend and brother, uh, Pastor Vernon Hubbard. Thank you again for the opportunity to stand uh, before your group. Uh, it's an honor and I do not take it lightly. Uh, yes, back uh, several years ago, I've been here. I've preached here a couple of times. The last time I, I still had hair. And at this point, uh, it's okay. It's okay. We're all getting older, but I thank God for this season. I want to share with you this morning from the text. But I'm also going to share with you from my heart. I'm in a season of, of life right now where things are changing. I turned 64 years old last Tuesday. And I am uh, so grateful to be here. I lost two of my siblings uh Three of them, actually, and my mom in a period of eight years. And uh, the value of family today means a whole lot more to me than it did as a young boy. And so I'm going to share with you a few things from my childhood, but it's all based on what I've discovered from the text since my childhood. So if you turn with me to uh, Ephesians chapter five, uh, I'm going to take off at verse 22. And I'm going to work through verse 29. Then I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'll pull those together with some other texts to, to tell you a story on this morning. Amen? We all know that the scripture is all about a family. Right. It's all about the family of God. And there are certain behaviors in the kingdom of God that, that, that we are adhered to to receive God's highest and his best. So allow me to read the text to you this morning. Ephesians chapter five, wives, this is for you, brothers. Yeah, this is for y'all. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Isn't that good news, brothers? <laughs> and for the husbands is the head of the wife. Yeah. <laughs> as also Christ is head of the church. OK, you calm down a little bit. I got a little excited about that submission piece. And so let me calm down a little. And and, and 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 so the text says, Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let you wives be to their own husbands in everything. <laughs> How y'all like that, brothers? Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say now, in Ephesians 5, 25, it says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. Or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought, ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you. And you may live long on the earth and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Father God, in this moment of uh, preaching and teaching, Lord, I am uh, ill equipped to even talk about this. I am ill equipped to even 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 suggest that I know. And have done all that this text says. And for that which I have not done, Lord, I ask your forgiveness. I repent and seek a higher way. And so as I speak into this time uh, of connecting fellowship and to the men of this congregation and to the women and children, but specifically to the men of this congregation, may your Holy Spirit inspire me, speak through me, because, Lord, I'm ill equipped. Uh, but you are more than enough. Share with them what you shared with me. And may we be blessed at the end of this time together and throughout eternity. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. I want to speak to you from the subject chip off the old block. Chip off the old block. And in this uh, message, I'm going to be sharing with you some stories and some challenges from my life as a young boy growing up. <laughs> Got a phone call, excuse me, a text message one day on my phone. I had a son between my junior and senior year in high school. Uh, loved him, crazy about him, did the best I could as a 17 year old boy. My granddad said, well, boy, it looks like the sports season is up for you because you're about to get a job and take care of that boy. So I spent my senior year working for Patio Pools in Tucson, Arizona, digging, digging trenches around swimming pools to, to lay plumbing in my senior year and went to night school. Graduated. Thank God for that. And did the best I could with my son as a as a little boy. But I had a man in my life, my grandfather, who said, boy, you're going to take care of that son. That's your responsibility. I didn't quite understand the depth of what had happened. I didn't quite understand it. I was just a little boy, 17. I knew everything. But I didn't know anything. And so I've grown up with this with with, with this thought and it's still still challenged with it. So I get this letter from his mom, this text message. It was a long text message. My son struggles. He's been struggling all of his life. He's he's close to 50 now. I've already told you my age. You don't have to sit there and try to figure that out. I I get this text message and that text message wore me out. Forty something years later, 40 years later, and I read the text and I thought, oh, my God. What, what, what? And she was extremely upset about some things about our son together. And I hadn't been, we hadn't been together in over 40 years, but we still had that son. And things didn't work out as well for him. And it breaks my heart and obviously hers too. 
But in that text, she said the reason that he struggles like he struggles because he's just like you. He's just like you. And I said, wow. Okay. In other words, she said he's a chip off the old block. (laughs) Chip off the old block is when you have typically a father and a son who who the son emulates the behavior of his father based on what he has said or done or how he was raised. Well, I processed that and I struggled with that for a long time. And a couple of years later, the Lord spoke to my heart and said to me, (laughs) yeah, you are a chip off the block because now you have a new daddy. I have shifted from my earthly father over into into the kingdom world and led by my kingdom father. And that made all the difference in the world. So I had to go back through the history of, 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 of my life and remember some things from my earthly father and 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 then remember how my heavenly father changed my life. In this text, I'm not going to spend any time on wives submitting to husbands. But I do want to talk about men, what our role is for our wives. Hmm. So I'm going to jump right in at verse 25. It said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. The first time I saw that text. It changed my narrative from verse 20 to 24, where it says, wives, submit to your husbands. In this text, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. I got a question for you. Are you willing to die for your wife? Mm. We like our wives to submit. That's what we want. And in the Old Testament, uh, it it, it doesn't talk about children. It says, uh, excuse me, in the Old Testament, it speaks about the father being the patriarch, the male being the, the, the leader of the home. We get all of that. But what I what I want to get across to you today, that a submissive wife is more about the person she's submitting to. than it is about her just being submissive because you found the scripture in the Bible. Submissive wives, submissive wife. I don't know a woman in the world. If her husband is on top of his game, taking care of the business, he she can have a job if she wants to. If I don't know a woman in the world that doesn't wouldn't submit to a man who loves her, who takes care of her, who takes care of the children, who does all the things that he ought to do as a man. I don't know a woman who wouldn't submit to that. And so don't, don't worry about whether your wife submits to you or not. The question is, are you are you such that you love her such that you're willing to die for her? That's what Christ did. It says that he might sanctify, set the church apart. Are you willing to set your wife apart from all the calamities of the world and be there and be that person that she can trust and depend in? Are are, are you the one? Having a submissive wife is more about you, brother, more about me than it is about my wife. Are you willing to take that journey? Watch this. It says it says sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water. 
by the word. Yeah. <laughs> in other words, what what this text is telling us, brothers, if you are not in the word, if you are not in the way of the Lord, if you're not in the word, you're not studying the word. Let's go over, take a look over at 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 Second Timothy two fifteen. Second to Timothy two fifteen says says this. Be diligent. To present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Hmm. I might have to jump down to to verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this, brother. Flee. This is second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty two flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with honor, who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife hmm. <laughs> There are too many men, too many of us trying to capture what we used to be. I, I like this, Pastor Hubbard. I like this. I like this. When we're young boys, we want to challenge one another, compete with one another on the basketball court. When we're young boys, we want to compete with one another on the baseball diamond. When we're young boys, we want to compete with one another on the football field. When we're young boys, we want to do all those things for our own edification. But when we become older men and married, we want to compete in the backyard on the barbecue pit. <laughs> Man, I can cue. I can do all of that. We That's how we compete with one another. But have we ever tried to compete one with another on outdoing the other brother and how well we treat our wives? Hmm. I'm standing in front of this camera and I'm convicted even now. When is the last time you talked to a brother? How are you treating your wife? How are you treating your children? How are you taking care of your family? And we sit and we look at brothers fall apart in front of us. That's why we need to have an accountability system in place, brothers, if we're going to be who we need to be. Because all of us have stuff that we deal with. All of us have issues that we deal with. The question is, is do you have someone to help you through this stuff? But you've got to start with the word. Study the word of God, because what we aren't doing is making the word practical in the communities that we serve. We aren't making the word practical in, 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 in our workplace. There are five areas, five areas that I can't spend time on today. But let's take a look at this five areas. There's your personal life. Study to show yourself approved. Mm -hmm. And then there, there's the, there's the family life, which we're talking about today. I'm coming back. Then you got the workplace. Are you working as unto the Lord? Then we have the church. Are we serving the things of, of God? Then we have community. Are our communities better because we're there or are they worse because we're there? Is the community looking at your family and said, I want to be like them. Well, if we're representing the church, then we ought to be. And if you're studying the word of God, it becomes practical. 
I'm doing a little work around intelligence. Who wouldn't want to be considered an intelligent brother? <laughs> Let me tell you something. The study of God's word, the understanding of God's word, and all that you get, get understanding. Intelligence come from proper reasoning from the scriptures. If you don't know the scriptures, then you're picking it up by osmosis of what somebody said. Then that's not that's not going to transform your life. So, brothers, I'm encouraging you. Take care of your personal self in the word and allow yourself now to be a, a outstanding husband to your wife and an outstanding father to your children. <laughs> that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle but that she should be holy and without blemish. Hmm. I'm encouraging you to take that move. It says, it says this, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. I struggle with that text because there's too many, too many of us out here who don't do self-care, who don't take care of ourselves, who don't, who don't cover the things that we need to cover. It's almost as if we do hate ourselves. I, 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 I remember when I was a little boy, about 10, I was playing in the park around the corner from my house. And I, some kids ran up to the park from the neighborhood and they, and they said, you need to go home. You need to go home. Your dad is beating up your mom. I don't know what I was going to do when I got there, but I broke out running. Got home, and when I got to the house, there was an ambulance in front of my house. The doors were wide open, and I walked up to the back of the ambulance, and there was my mother on a stretcher, a sheet covered up to her neck and blood all over her face. It was horrible. Just about the time I got there, they closed the doors to the ambulance, and the ambulance drove off. That's the last thing I remember. I checked out at that point. Why did he beat my mama like that? What was going on in his space? And what my sweet, loving, beautiful mom, what could she have possibly done to him for him to beat her like that? And it wasn't the first time. My dad wasn't a bad guy. He just did bad things. He drank, he drank a lot of alcohol. When he get fired up, he want to beat my mom. Or, or if you messed up as a child, you, you're going to get it. And it wasn't, it was, you know what I'm talking about. That's significant to me. Because after that day, I do not remember my family ever being a family together again. Did I hate my dad for that? No. Did I, did I? Did I ever go off on him? No, I didn't do any of that. And I buried that thing for 30, 40 years. My dad had 10 children. He had four from his first marriage and then six from my mom. Out of the seven boys that he had, all of us grew up to be alcoholics and abusers. Yeah. I'm the child of an alcoholic and abusive father. I'm the youngest out of his 10. <laughs> he, 
he used to leave the house and he'd say to my mom, he called her Bill. Her name was Willie Mae. He said, Bill, I'll be back in a few minutes. And he'd go. Sometimes he'd come back in four or five hours. <laughs> and then the hours turned into overnight. Then overnight turned into the weekend. Now, typically, she's going to leave. But mom's got these kids here. What, what's she going to do? Some of you out there, lady, baby, say, oh, I'd go. I don't, I don't know. You don't know what you do on that situation. But let me tell you what happened later. <laughs> Fast forward about 25 years. I've been married just a little while, Pastor Hubbard. And I went to the door. And I told, I told my wife, I said, I'll be back in a few minutes. My wife looked at me with this strange look on her face. And I recognized that look. That was the same look that my mother gave my daddy when he said he'd be back in a few minutes. I had become a chip off the old block. All my brothers did the same. Abused their women. Drank a lot of alcohol. When I got married, I gave my life to Jesus. And I started to learn some things. I started to understand some things differently. In fact, I had gotten myself a new daddy. I've never abused my wife, never put hands on her. I remember when I first met Michael J. He used to call his wife the queen. <laughs> I was so impressed by that. I couldn't steal queen, but I sure said baby a lot later. <laughs> but I got myself a new daddy. And when I say I'll be back, I come back. I got myself a new daddy. So I put down the drink so I won't have to get fired up and do things I ought not do. I, I got myself a new daddy who taught me differently. Now, I have days. Jesus in my heart. But my daddy's still in my jeans. I've got myself going in a different direction, but it's not because I had an earthly example. My grandfather did good, but he wasn't my daddy. But my dad, my earthly dad, set the tone with his behavior for all the boys in the family. What you do in the presence of your children will last them for a lifetime. Let me move along. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Boy, we love that text too. Just like we love fathers to submit, wives submit to your own husbands. We also like children obey your parents. We like that, don't we? But look what it says in verse number, Ephesians 6, verse number four. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. 
uh, did youth ministry for a long time, long time. And one day I had a young man walk up to me, he said, Pastor Walker, or P-Dub, why do you always stop at verse number two? I'm sorry, verse number three. You never read verse number four. And I said, what you talking about? So I went and I took a look at verse number four. And fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. <laughs> oftentimes, I hear dads, particularly dads who are away from the family, oftentimes I hear them say, I pay child support. I send that check every, every month. It comes right out of my paycheck and it goes to, I take care of my kids. But you hadn't seen them in 10 years. You hadn't picked them up and sat down with them. Child support does not take care of your child. It only pays the bills. But there needs to be some care in that in that process. So the text says fathers do not provoke. Have you have you ever looked at the word provoke? (laughs) Simply put, it means to simulate. Or give rise A reaction or emotion, typically a strong and unwelcome one to another. Do not provoke. Do not provoke. We have young men right now in the streets without fathers. And some of you out here have children you haven't seen. Young men, men, hear me on this one. And it's a challenge. You're going to have to forgive what you haven't done and pick up and go forward of what you can do. You're going to have to do it because because provocation comes from absence. Provocation comes from distance. Provocation comes from without a phone call. Provocation comes because you're not there. And now every and anybody, any and everybody are, are giving your child direction. One of my one of my favorite texts uh, in, in all the scriptures, Psalm 119 and 9, it says, how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to the word? The question is that are you teaching and sowing the word into the lives of your sons and daughters? That's your responsibility, just like sanctifying the, 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 the wife. Sowing seeds into your children. Is a responsibility. I believe it's Deuteronomy chapter six. It says, write these things that I've taught you on the doorposts as they go out and come in. They can see them as you sit down. They can see them. What are the doorposts that you're writing? The word on or you're teaching or sharing. What are you doing with that? Or are we just going to church on Sunday and said, oh, they don't have any anything for us. I hear it all the time. I heard it a million times, Pastor. I've heard it over and over again where they would say to you, they don't come with a manual. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's the word of God. Yes, they do. Hmm. I want you to 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 understand. It says, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Wrath, another strong word. Strong. Vengeful anger 
and indignation. We're looking at our young men and women right now who are who are in the streets all across the country, raised by one another. It's absolutely important that we find our way to raise up our young people so that they so that they don't go out and take vengeance on the world because they hadn't been coached along the process. My father. As I write about this, I think about these things that that I was challenging with uh, with my father. And I often say I wish I had this kind of teaching, this kind of coaching. My father, I found out just recently, never knew his dad. My grandmother did her best with him, but he never knew his dad. So he didn't have the skill set. He didn't have. He basically raised himself in a way that he thought was best. But no doubt he was in a lot of pain most of his life. So he didn't know how to fix that. He didn't know how to work through that. But men, I'm challenging you on today. To teach your children. Be the lead teacher in your home. Be the person that God has called you to be and let us together go and reclaim our families. I thank God for you today. I pray that you would take these things because I wanted to share from my heart today. A little bit about where I came from. But now I'm proud to be called the chip off the old block. And to be about my father's business. It's a new day. And it can be a new day for each of us. Each of you, if you're struggling in these areas of loving your wife, leading your family, ministering, taking care and raising your children. If this is a struggle for you today, I encourage you to bow your knees before the Lord and ask him for a new direction. How do I know it works? Because it worked for me. How do I know it works? I can I can say, baby, I'll be back in a few minutes and be back in a few minutes. How do I know it works? Because I got another shot at this thing. I've got a nephew who's 23 years old. His dad passed when he was seven. He's been with me ever since. Just before I left home today, Pastor Elby walked in and said, Dad, I got to get this new motherboard. Uh, for, 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 for the computer that I'm building back there. Well, this is the second computer. He built one and he sold it. Now he's built another one. I said, well, what, well, oh, he was so happy. And then he ran and he got it and he came back. He put it together and he ran and he said, it's running. It's working. I don't know nothing about computers, but you know what I do know? That God allowed me an opportunity to raise that boy in the love and admonition of the Lord. And I am seeing the fruit. From that text message I got, I was able to say, hmm, that used to be me, but it's not me anymore. I am a chip off the old block, seeking the righteousness of God and kingdom living. God bless you. And may his face shine on you. And may you do all that God has called you to do.
Father God, thank you for this time together. There's been a lot to be shared, shared from my heart, but I pray that those who hear this message, men, if you're struggling in these areas, start by forgiving yourself. God's giving you a fresh start. If you need to make a phone call and do some apologies, or if you just need to be more attentive to the children and to your wife, I pray that this message will release you from the burden of your past to set you free for your future, to be the family that God has called you to be for such a time as this. Bless you. Thank you. In Jesus name. Amen.